All right. Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I am Caleb, and the other person who would normally join me is Craig. But uh, at this moment, Craig, do you have anything to say? Yep, that's pretty much it from Craig. Uh, Craig is still out sick. Here we are Wednesday night, or here I I am Wednesday night, uh, and we were hoping to have him back. He's been sick since Saturday night after the game. Rumors are flying across the Twitterverse. Uh, some speculations say just party too hard after the Michigan win over Maryland. Um, but no, he is just sick, and apparently where he's at, it's kind of going around a little crazy. So... He's out. I did get a couple of people who offered to uh, sub in for him. Uh, it was actually not all that long ago that I, uh, that I was communicating with him, and he was just like, God, no, nah, there's no way I can do it. It takes a little while to set up to get somebody to sub in. Um, I thank you all for that. I appreciate the messages and the tweets and everything that people are offering to do that. I do appreciate that. Um, I didn't really – I think it would have taken more time uh, to do last minute, especially since how late we are in this in the week. But also, um, I didn't know exactly who I would go with uh, because different people talked to me about it. So I'm thinking that during the off season, we will get some information from some people who might want to co-host or jump on the show for more than a voicemail length. And maybe we'll get a list and then we'll kind of do a few episodes during the off season and do a random drawing and get a hold of people and see when we can do episodes with them. So thank you for that. I do appreciate it um, for those of you who spoke to me about that. But uh, the show will go on. I will kick it solo here this week. Um, appreciate Craig and everything that it does. And I know that he's not feeling well because I know if he was feeling well, he would be here. Um, but yeah, he was just under the weather. So I started last time. It was going to be Craig's turn to be doing something like this, but j instead of us doing kind of like random intro stuff, I was doing a Did You Know segment at the beginning. And guess what? I don't have a soundbite for it. Go figure. Go me. Uh, it's still been a little bit busy, but it's definitely panning out. Things are getting better. I'm excited about it. As you can hear also, too, things should be amazing with the sound quality uh that that got fixed um fix that right up things are sounding great you don't hear all the nonsense in the background and we're back to normal without craig but kind of back to normal so we i started a dig did you know segment just kind of the uh icebreaker for the episode get things rolling and everything and so here's your random fun did you know fact uh, of the week last time we did oh no it was a, it was a movie slash music thing with ferris bueller's day off uh so and here we go for this episode i'm going to throw a sports slash movie one for you in case you guys didn't know one uh one of my favorite movies one of of course my favorite movie series as many people are probably familiar with the rocky movies uh, and so in 1976, the classic, the first one, the Rocky, or Rocky, uh, the first one of the series, was only shot in 28 days. 28 days of filming. 
So a little fun fact for you, that classic movie that I'm sure most of our listeners have watched uh, was only shot in 28 days. So that's pretty impressive. I wonder what the, well, I'm sure that there are, are movies that are shot in a day, but I don't think they'd be considered full feature movies. I don't know what qualifies for that, actually. That'd be kind of interesting. What qualifies to be labeled as a full feature movie? Like time length or budget or, I don't know. It'll be interesting. So, anyways, there you go. There's your, there's your did you know it, uh, did you know intro of the week. So, uh, and I'll go ahead and jump into the game. Before I start talking about the game, I do want to do a little shout out, a little thank you. Um, I went down to the game. I like noon games. Noon games are nice. Uh, I was able to get down there nice and early, get a decent parking spot. Uh, and then I walk around kind of looking for some people I might know. And I was finally able to catch up with somebody that I know um, through work uh, who's in my area, Mike. Got to see Mike at his uh, tailgate area. Got to meet uh, his wife, Amy. Okay, forgive me if I get these names wrong because I'm very much like I have to use names over and over again to get them all right. But I think I got this. So there's Mike and then his wife, Amy if I'm not mistaken. And then there was Aaron and David or Dave. I think were the people that I was hanging out and talking with there for a while uh, Saturday morning. So uh, nice to meet you all. I hope you guys didn't get um, too wet waiting for the game to start. I know it got delayed. And by the time, by the time the delay got done, the weather was actually pretty nice. So it actually got pretty humid and hot. So, uh, but yeah, pl- uh, pleasure hanging out with y'all. Uh, and then they're down there for most all home games and everything. So might catch them as well this week coming up. So um, and then, yeah, got to hang out with them and then watch the game, even though it got delayed by a little bit over an hour. So let's talk about that. The game of Michigan hosting Maryland. Uh, the final score was 42 to 21. Uh, it, it was interesting. It, it definitely didn't feel like a 42 to 21 game. Um, I mean, I sort of at the beginning and everything, it was close. It was slow. The same old Michigan story that we've seen here in the 2018 season. But he kind of didn't worry. Because, one, it was Maryland, and two, we've seen Michigan do this before. We we were feeling pretty good about it. Didn't think that uh, I had to worry too much about it. It it got a little hairy there for a little bit because Michigan finally scored with a field goal, and then Maryland answered right back with a return touchdown. So it was 7-3, and you're kind of like, ah, well, you know, Michigan deal with that. But... The thing that made it rather interesting after that was that the next offensive play for Michigan wound up being a tipped pass that turned into an interception. So that, I wouldn't say that was worrisome, but that put them in kind of a predicament. But I must say that I don't like seeing them in that position, but it was good to see them in that position and then how they were able to respond to it. Because, I mean, essentially you get punched in the face by that return touchdown for seven points after the offense hasn't really been doing much of anything. And then you get a gut punch by 
the interception that happens, and you give Maryland great field position, which uh, uh, surprisingly doesn't really turn into anything. But, yeah, so that – I mean, that takes a bit to recover from. The defense uh, did rather well. I know uh, later in the game, Maryland was able to uh, score some more and everything, whether you want to call it garbage points or what. Uh, some of it could be considered that. Um, but the defense did rather well, and the offense, a lot was thrown at them, and they did pretty good. They climbed back. Uh, they got command of the game, and then they kind of didn't look back. They let Mar- The uh, defense kind of let Maryland hang around a little bit, two possession games and things like that. But it was, all in all, you were just like, you know, uh, early on, I think it was maybe in the third quarter, it almost kind of felt like Maryland wasn't trying to win the game. Like they were just playing their football, which is mostly running and everything. That's what they're best at, which makes sense to a certain degree. But at some point too, I mean, if a, if you're getting stopped from doing what you're best at, you need to be able to do something. You need to be able to try to do something else. And basically they weren't able to do much of anything because uh, the Michigan uh, defense jumped down. They did break 200 total yards. Um, but they only did 73 yards passing. Uh, rushing is their A game. They weren't able to put up 150 yards rushing, uh, but that's what they went to for a lot of it. And the Michigan defense was able to shut them down on the edge, do a really good job uh, stopping them in the middle and things like that. Uh, kept the third down efficiency uh, way low. Um, five of 13 was what Maryland was able to do. And this was one of the – Maryland's defense was one of the better ones coming in for their um, limiting their opponents on their third down conversion. But Michigan came wound up coming out and finishing with nine for 14 for third downs. So they didn't have really much of a problem with uh, Maryland. At the, towards the beginning of the game, they did, and that spoke to itself. But, um, yeah, you got to like what you're seeing. Um, a lot of different players getting involved. You saw uh, Wangler uh, get in there and get a touchdown. Shea Patterson is still doing his thing. The receivers are doing well, and uh, they're uh, reacting well. The I think, I guess, what I would kind of jump into and be like, here are the highlights. Here are the things you see, the things that you got really liked. And, okay, some don't let me forget I have a voicemail. I should have done it at the beginning. Anyways, um, but the things you like to see, the things that kind of get you excited and everything, uh, True Wilson uh, is just uh, what my uh, basketball coach in in high school would say. He would call him a junkyard dog. Like he's just out there. He's just mean. He's ready to punch you in the mouth, and he is going to take it to you. And that's what uh, True True Wilson has been doing. He uh, is great at blocking, and he doesn't quit until the whistle blows. And that is exactly what Michigan needs. Uh, Karan Higdon had another 100-yard rushing game. Great for him. He's a great workhorse. Uh, he's been doing well. And uh, But then to talk about blocking again, I don't want to overlook this because the receivers and the tight ends stepping up really well this year and blocking. Uh, one of the plays to highlight, and you can see it on Twitter floating around um, 
somebody did a good job with uh, clipping it and including it, but was the uh, play where Shea Patterson got um, forced out of the pocket, and he did a really good job eluding um, the defensive players, and he gets flushed out. Donovan Peoples-Jones is crossing the field, catches a ball by the sideline, looks like he's about to run out, uh, but he's able to stop himself and start going forward. And as soon as he make it, makes the catch, oh, man, I can't remember who it is. Uh, tight end uh, was a – I think it was Gentry, Bell, somebody else too. There was like two or three receivers slash tight ends in that vicinity. And as soon as he made that catch – they looked to block somebody, and that was awesome. Those were kinds of things you didn't really see last year. Those are some things that you don't see from teams, and you you just kind of scratch your head on, like, why are you not doing that? Um, because you're just hurting yourselves. That's not how you win games. That's not how you get the ball down the field. They did a fantastic job. And that play, which easily could have just been a first down, wound up going for a touchdown then because of the great teamwork there by the Wolverines. So it's been uh, – I enjoyed watching the game. I know it wasn't uh, super flashy, super dominant and everything for Michigan, but Maryland's a better opponent than uh, than the past few teams that Michigan has faced off against. Again, it was another home game. You can call it that. You can say whatever you kind of uh, want to about that. But they had good production, and the uh, offensive line definitely have to highlight that and talk about that. Uh, we talk about every week because I don't know if we would say it improves every week, but there's always something positive to take away from it. And probably one of the most pos- positive things is they allowed zero sacks. Um, a decent Maryland defense and Michigan, of course, part of his credit to Shea Patterson and his mobility and awareness in the pocket, but the offensive line doing a great job of blocking of pass protection and zero sacks led up by the Michigan offensive line. I mean, that is, you know, applause for them. Great job. Uh, gosh, I, did we have a game like that last year? I don't know if we had a game like that last year. But um, even though Michigan was hit by the uh, penalty flags quite a bit, um, I think actually at the beginning of the second half, there were four consecutive plays, I think it was, where there were flags. Fortunately, only one out of the four was against Michigan. But it was kind of a... For a game that they were trying to speed up, it went rather slow. They said they were going to cut down commercials and things like that. I don't really know that they did. But anyways, um, yeah, Michigan still having a little bit with penalties. Their best game, I think, for penalties this far, because they went six for 52. I think uh, their best one before that was Notre Dame, actually, when they went uh, seven for 52. So, Hey, improvement. I'll take it. Um, Maryland wound up having a rough game with 12 of 107. They had 
some issues with uh, targeting and things like that. I actually wound up taking their best defender out of the game. Uh, where are we at here? Yeah, Trey Watson, who I think he wound up coming out in the third quarter. He had 10 total tackles. Uh, he's their leading tackler. I think he is the leading tackler as well for the conference. But, yeah, he was on fire doing a really good job, and he wound up getting taken out because of a targeting call, and he still led the team in tackles. Next closest one was seven. So, yeah, they um, their defense was no joke. They, they do a good job, and so it was good to see how Michigan did against them Saturday so yeah even though Michigan started even though Michigan allowed that return kick return touchdown honestly I mean I'm gonna, I, I know we count everything and all that but that was a dumb special teams mistake they came out flat like if you watch it all of the uh, Michigan players were basically at one level and as soon as um, Ty Johnson hit the second level like he was gone basically because there was nobody else there. They didn't spread themselves out uh, well enough. And he um, and so he got that touchdown. Uh, if you take that away though, I mean you're looking at 42 to 14 game um, and and that's kind of what it felt like. I know that it says 42-21 and they, they got that touchdown. They, they earned it. They deserve it. I'm not saying they didn't but it felt more of a 42 to 14 game. Uh, that's kind of uh, the way it felt. I mean, it took a little while to get there and everything. I mean, uh, the at halftime, it was only 17-7, so it wasn't anything too flashy there. Um, but then uh, after three, it was 27 to seven. And uh, Maryland hung around a little bit after that. But yeah, this um, you the players are talking about a little bit, and you kind of get the feeling. I mean, it is a different team. Every year it's a different team. But you feel like things are coming together better, uh, a little bit more confidence in the offensive line and the quarterback play all coming together uh, rather nicely. So uh, I want to share some good tweets here for you guys from some of Michigan Twitter, especially for those of you who might be not be on Twitter. But I do want to share some good ones. Uh, Drew Drew Hallett, which I meant, uh, who I mentioned quite a bit, he's got another good one here at Drew, at Drew C. Hallett. Um, last year, uh, I'll quote. He goes on to say that uh, point out that last year Michigan didn't score more than thirty six points in a single game, but Michigan has scored at least forty two points in all four home games this year. So that's a good thing to point out there. Also, don't even need to mention on how much the wide receivers have improved, considering that they're getting touchdowns because the quarterback play has improved. Also, because the offensive line production has improved. Um, Uh, some stats here shared by Angelique Shengelis, uh, which you would probably recognize her. Oh, my gosh, I'm blanking. It's Detroit, isn't it? Detroit News, Detroit Press. Sorry if I totally butchered that. Um, but uh, some stats from the 
I, I screenshot this because I was just looking at stuff today and getting ready for it. So I was just on Twitter and I screenshot a little bit of it. But um, she was pointing out how Michigan was in the triple uh, digit rankings last year for a lot of things that they stepped up. Uh, tackles for loss allowed 25th um, out of 129 teams. Uh, sacks allowed, they're at 31st. I mean, that that's a testament right there to the production of the offensive line. And Michigan's uh, pass defense stepping it up. Uh, it's a little bit e- – it's kind of easy to tell that because the Maryland coming in was not a pass – heavy offense so them coming in and being able to shut down the uh poor pass offense of maryland i mean that just boosted their stats up there uh so they're so the michigan uh pass defense is the number one in the nation now um so great stuff from saturday um to mention yes uh the conversation around Rashawn Gary was not did not play. He did not um, get in his uniform at all that day. He has, as I'm sure many have heard, a uh, type of shoulder injury. And there's, well, I won't go into the rumor stuff because I don't really know where sources are getting that information. But supposedly... Um, he might be playing this weekend. They just kind of rested him this last week. He should be able to play. It's more of like a pain discomfort thing um, that he might do more to take care of later after the season, perhaps. Um, Dwumfor, who went down in the game, uh, supposedly, I mean, it looked pretty bad, but um, Harbaugh was... Uh, it was said, and I think it was said by Harbaugh, that it wasn't as bad as uh, quite as it looked. Um, but they don't have any real information, or I have not found any real information if he will be playing for sure this weekend or not. Um, Solomon is... The reports are showing that he should be playing sometime soon, whether it's this weekend for sure or not. I've not read anything with that. Uh, Evans working through an injury as well. He's been practicing, but I don't know if he's been at 100%. And that was the thing, too, is that uh, I was seeing that Gary was practicing as well. But um, I think he's anticipated to play this weekend. So, All right, before I forget, before I go too far down the rabbit hole and completely forget, I do have to do the voicemail. I always feel like when I do this by myself that I forget or that I get a little bit scattered. I know that uh, Craig and I don't exactly follow a strict guideline of how our episodes progress. But I always feel like when I do it by myself that it really takes a turn for the scattered rabbit trail and everything like that. So let's get this... um, Let's listen to our voicemail this week here um, in response to the Maryland game. Hey, man, it's uh, Stephen Brown. Um, Twitter handle at Mr. Derrell1980. This is going to be quick, man. Watching this Michigan game, total and thorough domination of Maryland. Um, I mean, my goodness, I'm watching this. It's the third quarter's about to end, and there's nothing doing for Maryland. Like Michigan, man, I mean, and Rashawn Gary's not even playing. That's crazy, right? 
it's just so good to see a real quarterback in Michigan. It's good to see somebody who can stretch the field, who can make throws, who can throw to open receivers, who can run. I mean, who can do it all, man? Shea is Shay, man, I really hope he stays another year. I don't know if he will. I'm hearing that he might, but I hope he I hope he stays another year. Not that I don't like Dylan McCaffrey, but man, it was. I mean, man, if he stays another year, it's really gonna be on. But uh, the defense looks well. I don't even think Maryland has 55 yards at this point. It's what? It's 238 where I'm from, PM. Man, I mean, this team is really good. Um, they're not third place in the division now. Uh, I'll save that for a little later because a lot of people talking about world third or fourth in the division. You ain't gonna hear that this year. But but yeah, Michigan is doing well. I'm watching the end of this Texas Oklahoma game now. And by the time you all. Record this. Hopefully, Michigan will be a top 12 or top 11 team because a few more teams are going to lose today. But it, it is what it is. This team is getting better every week. It's good to see. I'm just, I'm just happy that Michigan football seems to be back. That first game, that first game was, it was, it was, it was, you know, just an anomaly, man. They still could have won and should have won, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, this is a good game. Michigan is back, man. So all you, all you pessimistic fans, kind of calm down. Michigan's going to be all right. They got, they got it under control. And they're going to play well against bigger teams too and better teams. So now the now the slate starts. The tougher teams, the Oakland, you know, Wisconsin, the Penn State, and then the teams in between there, and then Ohio State. So everybody, calm down, go blue. And before I before I go, man, I want to give a shout out to um um uh, Mike D'Antoni and his team. <laughs> What's up, Sparty? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I knew, I knew when I saw that phone call come in from Stephen. Thank you for the call, by the way. I knew that it was in time that he was going to be able to react to the end of the Michigan State game. Uh, so I, I knew it was coming somewhere in there. I knew something about Michigan State was coming in there. So thank you again, Stephen, for that uh, for that call. Yeah, to, uh, picking up pretty much exactly where I was at. Talking about Rashawn Gary, great performance for them without Rashawn Gary. Uh, players doing really well. Pay uh, has stepped up uh, really well uh, with uh, when he comes in on the defense and things like that. And then, uh, yeah, just kind of like what Stephen was saying, it has been uh, steady improvement. Um, not that you're seeing them score more and more points all the time, but they're. Um, you know, I mean, what they uh, you started off with the best opponents so far, Notre Dame, and then you go to um, Western, a little bit of an increase to maybe SMU. I don't know, Western SMU might be kind of back and forth a little bit, but then Northwestern, or but then Nebraska. Sorry, I almost <laughs> forgot that one. Um, Nebraska has just been struggling, man. Uh, and so Michigan rolled over them, but then you play Northwestern on the road with, which Northwestern is a credible team. Uh, not necessarily saying like they're top twenty-five caliber team or going to win the West. Uh, it looks like they could potentially challenge, uh, depending on how how things go. Maybe I don't know. I I don't know the West uh, standings and everything, but they might be one of the best. Uh, the top three teams out of the West, um, depending on how well they do against uh, Wisconsin and Iowa and things like that. So they um, that was a good team to play. And then Maryland, 
Uh, Maryland, who took out, uh, and we talked about this in the preview episode and everything, they took out Texas, and Texas is looking really strong right now. Of course, I would uh, now here's kind of an interesting thing too, uh, and you and Stephen brought up Notre Dame. Um, Texas now doesn't look like Texas week one. Of course, not very many teams look the same as they did in week one already here at this point, but. I would also argue and say that there are big differences between Michigan in week one and now, as well as for Notre Dame. Because Notre Dame is looking better, as uh, so is Michigan. But Notre Dame is sticking, um, going with Ian Book now, and he is leading the charge there for them, and he's doing a pretty darn good job. Uh, so I saw some people saying it would be really interesting to watch them play again. Because the the two teams are, uh, you know, rather vastly different now. I mean, they're still the same players for the most part, uh, but they're operating quite differently, which is true. Um, I think the offensive line has vastly improved since week one. I think the comfortability, the chemistry uh, between uh, the quarterback, the receivers, the offensive line, and things like that for Michigan have improved. I haven't really been watching Notre Dame all that closely, uh, but they look like they're better now than they were then so um yeah that would be kind of an interesting thing to see there with that i um i mostly agree with steven where he was saying that this was kind of a domination like i said it says 42 21 but really was more like a 42 to 14 game so uh some of your stats from the day Shea Patterson was 19 for 27. He had 282 yards, averaging over 10 yards a pass. He had three touchdowns, and then, of course, the sloppy tip interception that wound up happening. His QBR was 85.7. And then the other passer of the day with one pass was Grant Perry. So, yeah, if you guys wanted to see some different stuff with the offense, you're getting a little bit here or there. You're getting a little bit here or there. There were some other plays that could have been big plays, too, that didn't quite pan out right. But I'm not too – I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Of course, you want uh, you want to see things start out better and faster, and I think uh, Devin Bush was on a podcast or uh, radio here the, already this week, and he was commenting on how, uh, you know, the team's feels good about things, they're excited about it, but they talk, too, about their their starts. They, they want to start out stronger, that they want to shut teams down, that they want to score points, that they want to come out and make a statement earlier in games. So that was very cool to see uh, to hear. Uh, Karan Higdon, uh, just being the workhorse, tons of carries, 25 carries uh, with 103 yards, averaging uh, over four yards carry. He blows everyone away because the next leading rusher uh, for the number of carries was five from True Wilson. So Karan Higdon just doing real well. I, I hope that uh, everything goes well with him. Uh, he's been doing really well. I hope Chris Evan comes back and then he can get mixed in there as well. But uh, bravo, Karan Higdon, for what he's been doing. And then also uh, passing 2,000 rushing yards as well for his career. Uh, leading receiver. Uh, the tight ends being quite the um, quite the pivotal parts to uh, the Michigan 
receiving core. Zach Gentry with seven receptions and over 100 yards. Good for him. Uh, his long being 31. Uh, and then got a couple people with three receptions. One person with two, but uh, quite a few people just getting one reception in there. Yeah, Zach Gentry was definitely um, Shea's go-to person uh, this past weekend, and he did he did well. And uh, Wangler in there with one reception, which turned into a touchdown. Uh, turned out very, very good indeed. So a lot of great things here. I mean, this, this is when you can sit back, you can look at the stats and be like, man, this makes you feel good. So, um, yeah, people talking about um, how Maryland was able to focus on controlling, containing Chase Winovich a little bit and everything. Uh, he wound up with two total tackles, um, both of them solo. But... They were also saying um, you also have to take note of Rashawn Gary was in the game. So that's a player that you don't have to worry about. So you can focus on some of the other players, such as Chase Winovich. Uh, Devin Bush still came in and did a fantastic job uh, running players down. Uh, the leading tacklers for the game were uh, Tyree Cannell, Devin Bush, and Kaleek Hudson. Uh, seven, six, and five total tackles each for them. Uh, good job with them. Great job overall with the defense. Really happy to see that there. So uh, let's look at some of the things that we had here uh, from last week. I'll kind of walk through these. I know usually I would kind of bounce these off with uh, what Craig and I did last time, but Craig is still not saying a whole lot. But get better, man. Get better. Uh, so we did our locker dump for last week uh, before the Maryland game. Let's see here. We have uh, locker dump. The longest touchdown will be a passing touchdown. That was totally a lock considering that there was only one rushing touchdown, and it was by Mason, and it was, and he only had 12 total yards. So, but, yeah, he, he had a small rushing touchdown. Sorry, not small, short. Um, the Michigan offensive line will only uh, will only allow two or less sacks. Uh, Craig and I both surprisingly dumped that, and actually, you know, they went for zero. They put the donut up. Again, congratulations and credit due to the offensive line. Uh, and then this one uh, we put in there because of the long history for Michigan and penalties. Michigan will have seven or less penalties for 60 yards or less. Again, their best game before this was seven penalties for 52 yards against Notre Dame, and they did a good job because they wound up having six for 52. So congratulations for Michigan making a step forward with the penalties, more discipline. Let's see more of that. Craig got that um, a point there for that lock. So let's Not sure what that was for, but yes, uh, we had our lot games of the week, and Craig and I uh, totally did a 180 from last week. Last week we both bombed it, and we both recovered this week to have good picks. As Craig took Illinois covering the uh, negative five over Rutgers, and then I took 
uh, Iowa covering the negative seven over Minnesota. So we ha- we both had these score predictions of 38 to 17, so that was rather interesting. So if you add four points to uh, each team's score, that was the final. That was your final of 42 to 21. So I think that may have been some of the closest that we've had this year. Uh, we both had... Um, We both had the uh, cover and the over for that then for Michigan. So after this week's totals, I'm going to have to do a quick math thing here. Sorry, because I'm not quick at math, and I want to make sure that I get this correct. Uh Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, so um, we both got points for the cover and the over uh, for this week. I don't know why. I was thinking that was just the over, but we got the cover as well. So uh, we still haven't figured out what, if anything, of what we're going to do on who the point winner is at the end of the season right now though after six weeks craig is at 18 and i find myself in the hole at 15 so craig is running away well not running away with that but he's got a a little bit of a healthy lead right now so something else too that we have to go over before we get to the end of this episode there we go doesn't need to be that loud Right? Is that loud enough? All right, call it good. Big t- uh, the scores for the Big Ten. Uh, other noon games. Uh, or was it only one other noon game? Anyways, whatever. We'll we'll start we'll start off with that. Um, after Michigan beat Northwestern on the road, Northwestern then makes a comeback and goes on the road itself. East Lansing taking down the 20th ranked Spartans 29 to 19. Illinois gets the win over Rutgers 38 to 17. Iowa beats Minnesota 48 to 31. Indiana, you know, just kind of being pesky with Ohio State as they were able to put up. Uh, 26 points, uh, the final score being 26-49, though. Ohio State winning. And then Nebraska putting up some points, but not nearly enough as they lost 24-41 to to Wisconsin. So, those are the Big Ten scores for this past weekend. Okay. So, Michigan will be hosting Wisconsin this coming weekend, and that episode will be coming out here soon. I do appreciate you guys tuning in. do appreciate your support for Craig. He'll be back, hopefully. He should be back, not for the next episode. Next episode is going to have to be another solo one because uh, I'll be recording that here later tonight, actually. But, uh, but yeah. You guys have 
a good few days here for the weekend gets here. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Glad, thank you guys for sticking through the audio issues. We're good now. We're clear now. Or well, I think we're in the clear now. But this 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 one sounds good. We've got good audio stuff, and then we're going to be doing the, or I'll be doing the preview here for Wisconsin coming up. You guys have a good one. Um, we always appreciate you guys tuning in, hang out with us, and until next time, go blue.